Welcome to the last episode of Sidewalk Skyline Podcast. The last episode, that is, for 2023. You know, it's hard to believe that we've been recording episodes uh, for four solid years. We began on January 1st, four years ago, and uh, we'll soon be entering into our fifth year. Uh, I am not running out of people to talk to or sessions to listen to uh, that deal with God at work in Canadian cities. And of course, we're at a time of year uh, when uh, we're all getting ready for Christmas. So Merry Christmas, all you uh, sidewalk listeners. And uh, speaking of sidewalks, City sidewalks, busy sidewalks dressed in holiday style. In the air, there's a feeling of Christmas. Children laughing, people passing, meeting smile after smile. And on every street corner, you'll hear silver bells. It's Christmas time in the city. Ring-a-ling, hear them ring. Soon it will be Christmas Day. Well, thank you, Bing Crosby. The year was 1945 when that song came out, Silver Bells. And uh, I've been uh, meditating the last couple days on the idea of bells at Christmas time. There are a few songs that uh, talk about bells at the Christmas season, but really it's just, I think, a nostalgia for an earlier time in, in North American history uh, and European history when church towers would have a church bell and uh, you would get to hear those bells ring. Uh, it, it marked the call to worship. And uh, that's a uh, old technology, bells and carillons that are, uh, have uh, quickly disappeared uh, from our culture. And I wonder what technology has replaced the church bell in the call to worship. I don't know the answer to that question, uh, but I do know that um, I don't hear many bells at Christmas time. Um, the only bells I might hear are the uh, Salvation Army kettles, and uh, I'm always uh, encouraged when I hear that because the Salvation Army uh, has led the way for a long time in reminding us of our social responsibility at uh, not just at Christmas time, but year-round, to care for our most vulnerable citizens in Canada. Our uh, guest on today's episode is David Wells, and uh, back uh, in November, uh, we had a conference, Our City Scarborough. It was held at Global Kingdom Ministries on November 18th. David Wells was the keynote speaker at that conference, and uh, he had, uh, had uh, a great message that he shared on the new humanity in the city. The whole message is based on this idea that a redemptive God of righteousness and justice uh, creates a new humanity that reveals God's character, God's light, and exhibits his peace, his shalom. And that's what uh, the church is called to be. We are called to be that new humanity living in Canadian cities. We're going to uh, uh, listen to David's message, and I have the privilege of sitting 
at uh, the table uh, a few times a year with David Wells with my work on Mission Canada. And uh, I consider David to be one of our national treasures in Canada. He's, uh, I, I don't know anybody um, that uh, can uh, just share more personal insights about cities across Canada. He, he's in, intimately aware of our cities. And, uh, and he's also a man that uh, is very compassionate and uh, his heart breaks at times uh, for, for our country. And uh, he's also somebody that uh, really was one of the pioneers in Mission Canada and uh, has long had a heart uh, for urban ministry. So let's go now and uh, listen to this message on the new humanity from David Wells, the lead pastor, the general superintendent of the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada. Well, good morning. Great to be together. Great to sense the Spirit of God linking us together. That's who we are, brothers and sisters in Jesus. Um, number one claim to fame, right? That we have the same Heavenly Father. We're in the same family. And that's uh, the main part of all of our profiles. So uh, thanks to the worship team. Thanks uh, to the planning team and a special shout out, of course, to my friend EJ. Uh, if I don't do that, he won't take me to another Blue Jays game. So, anyways, uh, <laughs> uh, put my word in right now. And uh, yeah, on behalf of the POC, we have some of our team here with us, and I honor them. Um, our uh, One City Focus uh, goes totally in line with the broader partnership with you and the broader. in the person of God. And 
And if you're going to survive in the city, you don't survive based on your good looks or your gifts or even your passion. It's got to go deeper than that. It's got to be rooted in that you know God. And His character and nature is lived out through you. And that gives you the longevity to do exploits for God. So we go back to the very beginning <laughs> today. Uh, you see this uh, ministry model, and not that guy there, but uh, if we can uh, flip to the, uh, are we flipping? <laughs> or do I flip? Anyways, there you go. Okay, I know it's up there as well, right? Um, so I believe strongly in that at the core, of uh, being in the city who God calls us to be individually, corporately, in disciple-making communities, in the broader body of Christ. It has to be rooted in the character and nature of God. And at its core, it has to be rooted in the righteousness and justice of God. That in everything flows from understanding our God is righteous and just. Arising from that, we then understand how God has expressed His ministry through His people throughout the Old Covenant and then into the New Covenant with the huge transition point being that He sends His one and only Son to live amongst us full of grace and truth, the Lord Jesus. And so, to understand that God is righteous and just. Um, this morning I just uh, ran my Bible and let it play uh, all through the earlier passages of Isaiah, Isaiah 5, 6, 7, all the way through 11 and so on. And uh, as God demonstrates to his people what he's about and uh, everything from how he will bless and prosper all the way through to why he must judge, there's this strong appeal to him constantly describing uh, God the descriptor is righteousness and justice. And flowing from that, of course, is this understanding of the impartiality of God. So you have a God, very simply stated, that is righteous and just, is holy, there's none like God, and calls us into relationship through His righteousness, so that we too can be right with God. In the Old Covenant, of course, expressed through the law and through the following and obedience to God of all the things He called His people to be, and that they would be in right relationship with Him. Our uh, rightness comes, of course, through Christ. And the ability to be in a right relationship with God that then is expressed outwardly in justice, in an impartiality about how we treat fellow human beings and treat them the way God would treat them. Because we're in a right relationship with God, right? So you bring that into your love for neighbor. So you love God, heart, soul, mind, strength, the great command, and you love neighbor as yourself. It's rooted in the character and nature of God. You don't have to pull it off by yourself. 
It's His work within us. And it's by His work that we can walk in rightness with Him. Now, we all know we fall short. But we have the opportunity to continually come back to our loving God and again renew that rightness. But we also want to be reconciled with one another. And we want to be in right relationship with neighbor. And we want to love neighbor as ourselves because of God's work in transforming us away from being selfish pigs. <laughs> Sorry for my grandpa was a pig farmer. So anyways, you know, uh, I watch them feed and always look after themselves first, you know. God transforms us and teaches us how to be the people that lay down their lives for the uh, it's a transformation that only God can do. So let's just pause for a minute and be worshipers of a righteous and just God who hasn't left us on the outside looking in, but has made a way through His Son for us to be right and just. And so there comes this call then for His people to express this righteousness and justice. You see it in the Old Testament applications of all the law and the direction God gave them. So along with personal righteousness and justice is this expectation of a forensic righteousness and justice that actually gets lived out in the policies and uh, the laws and then the lifestyles of the people of God. So God's constant appeal when they fall short is to call them back to these expressions of righteousness and justice. So I hear it all the time, you're right. You know, heading up a few churches. Um, I'm dealing with a case right now, it's on my phone and uh, the appeal is the expectation that a church will look a certain way or a ministry that's representing Christ will have certain qualities about it. And uh, it will be marked by these things. And whenever we fall short of that, uh, there is this call for, well, that's not right. That's not just. That's not. And you know, we, we hear those calls. And we live in this absolute tension of this ideal passion to be the righteous and just people of God. But there's always gaps. There's always the ideal, but then there's the real. And you and I have to live with each other. And we have to live in community. And we have to be quick to forgive. And we have to be quick to honor the other. And we have to be uh, quick to be good at self-evaluation and say, Lord, is it I? And, uh, you know, we drink. Uh, we breathe the air around us of a culture that is not that way. Even though the word justice is used a lot, it's not justice as God designed it. And it's not rooted in right relationship with God. And it's not rooted in us also being able to say, Lord, is it I? Because the danger of the current justice is it's always appointed somebody else. It's always somebody else's issue. Well, in the people of God, we say, Lord, I want to be right with you. 
I want to love you, heart, soul, mind, strength. And yes, then I want to have a sacrificial lay down my life for others love. That's different. That's what stands us apart. But believe me, it's tough work. <laughs> we all agree on that. Anyone going through a little conflict right now? Yeah. Of course you are. So Israel was to be this visible. And this is very important as you talk about that application to the life of the church as well. It's not just this theological or theoretical expression. It's this visible expression of God's righteousness and justice. People can look on and see these people that love God are so mind strength are right and who love one another. They can see it. This is the importance of disciple-making communities that are visible, that are incarnational, that are present. So, there's some phenomenal passages in the Old Testament, of course, then elaborate on the New Testament of where the people are right with God in right relationship with one another, what rests upon them? The shalom of God. This rightness, this wholeness, this peace that is beyond. That everybody who knows guilty is out there longs for. Is, is our birthright as sons and daughters of God to demonstrate and to live out the shalom of God upon our personal lives and our family lives and our church family lives and our ministry lives. Do we get there perfectly? Well, probably not. But boy, we can be a foretaste. We, we can give a picture of the shalom of God. The peace of God ruling in our hearts and minds. The peace of God between us because we do want to live out the justice, the impartiality of God, and so we don't make difference something to fight over, but difference is something to celebrate in the diverse family of God. Amen. And here's where it gets missional, is that shalom expressed outward is to be a light to the nations. It's pictured for the people of Israel and of God, if they would be this righteous, just people and God very present with them, that they would be this light to the nations. Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. And people come to the light. What is it about this people? So we lament, and God laments, and sadly, as you know, the Old Testament is full of the many, many times when there's a lack of righteousness and justice, when there's a breakdown in the relationship, when there's a serving of other lovers and other gods, and there's selfishness, and there's injustice, and there's great pain. If God has a vision to have a people, he will not let it go. 
He will do a spiritual transformation that will lead to a new heart. He promises his future time, Joel 2 and other places. And he will give them a righteous, just ruler. The shepherds of Israel could not live up to God's call to be the right, just rulers of the people of God, whether as the kings and overseers, or whether as the priests, or whether as those responsible for forensic justice within the community. Well, God himself will step in with his one and only son, the good shepherd. This is the context for John 10, and the appeal that the good shepherd has come. The one who will intervene. The one who will lay down his life. And so, of course, the desire is that within God's kingdom, built on his work of his son, that a people will arise. That will be this expression of being right relationship with the living God and right relationship with one another and that justice will prevail and that life will happen and that light will be seen. That there will be a people like sitting in this room today who love God heart, soul, mind, and strength. They believe that about you today. You wouldn't be here on a Saturday morning. <laughs> you know? the burden for your city if you didn't love God from his own mind and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. Because God hasn't given up the vision of a people. A people of light. A city set on the hill. Can demonstrate what it's like to be right with God, and to be right with one another, and to share that outwardly, calling to people to yes, they need a personal transformation. No sloppy agape here, no toning down the truth of the gospel. People need an inner transformation by the work of Jesus and transformation by the Spirit. Agree? That's the hope that every person in Scarborough and outward into Greater Toronto and all the way back to where my kids live in the Lower Mainland of BC, that every single person is eligible for this transformation. And thus the call to bring good news. It's unjust just to talk about justice and not talk about the good news that sets people free. Can't call that justice. And yet, like Jesus, we come and we earn the right to be heard by being among full of gracious truth. We are marked by grace and truth because we've experienced grace and we know the truth sets free. We don't do it as souls. We do it as a visible new humanity. 
the Lord can hold up. As Ephesians describes, the Lord takes us from all of our different backgrounds, all the places we've come from in life experience and locality and age and everything else, gender. He holds us up and he says, look what I can do in a people that I transform individually and corporately. They will be marked by my presence. This city, through God's people, has the ability to actually experience the tangible presence of God because of the new humanity bringing that presence to bear into every school, into every community, into every broken life, into every condo. We go with the living presence of the Spirit. We go with words of wisdom on a Thursday afternoon as we're helping a deeply broken, addicted person to realize they can do on a new day. Gifts of the Spirit operational 24-7 because Toronto deserves to experience the presence of the living God. So we rise, we shine, for the light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen on us, and we do it together, because it's when there's unity God commands His blessings, even life forevermore. You can't major on fracture and division and still expect the very presence of God to be expressed through us. No, 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 no. It's when we're together in unity and to know the spiritual battle with neighbor and others. Not a battle waged with anger, not a battle raised with loud words or, of course, with social media grenades, you know. It's, it's like when you go be among you realize there are distinctions. Distinctions about convictions, about ethics and sexuality, convictions about the, the thought of there being a one and only who could come and transform lives. Uh, people well-versed in the history of the church and how it's screwed up and messed up over the years. You know what I'm talking about. Well, you need real people in your lives. My battle is not with them. We wrestle not against flesh. I don't wrestle with a neighbor or somebody in the school board, or, you know. But we need to go be among, full of gracious truth. So yeah, we have real people in our lives, and I understand the ever-increasing ignorance in different uh, contexts, stratas of Canadian society, influential stratas in society where they now have absolutely no background to understand who you and I are, where we come from. Most have never cracked open a Bible even in their undergrad grad studies. You know, in one context,
context, I have the privilege of giving 29 people involved in an event here in Toronto uh, their first New Testaments. 29 young professionals who I grew to love because I was among them. But I also knew they didn't have any of the script of the righteousness, justice, love for God, love for God. They didn't even have a background. There's key governmental people that I've engaged with. No background. They, they, it doesn't even enter into their factor about how faith can be a ruling matrix that helps people make. And, you know, globally, faith is so prominent. But in the Canadian context, how many people have no idea? Not just talking about the Canadians, or sorry, the Christian story, but a really, really any faith story. So, you need to be with real people, right? And I, I really believe I'm preaching, preaching to uh, the convinced and, uh, you know, but, but I'm, I'm wanting to reinforce. And I want to reinforce that even though somebody can say, oh, macro leader, you know, I need to love my neighbor as myself. I need to go be among full of gracious truths. And in every context where the church is, be a local disciple-making community or be a specialized ministry focused on a particular strata, uh, there to demonstrate God's loving mercy and justice, it has to be rooted in a Lord who can find people up in trees and by the well. Physiological and vision. Um, this is just always keeping the mission forefront. What are we about? And where in our cities, our contexts, is that not yet being demonstrated? And how do we go beyond a missional focus? You heard Mission Canada describe, started with that passion that there are places, there are gaps, there are stratas within Canada that have no living representation of Jesus. I'm trying to live up the Mission Canada vision by these involvements that I've described. Go where Jesus is not named. So being a theological vision, holistic. I don't even have to take time on that, do I? You've got to show up for the whole person. They're not disembodied souls. You know, we deal with real people in their totality. But what, what today is about genuine partnership. Genuine mutual respect for the whole body of Christ and the willingness to sacrifice for the other in order to see partners flourish. I work strongly uh, globally with the Global Christian Forum to get the broader body of Christ together, less around an ecumenical model of dialogue and more around the sharing of one another's faith stories and callings, and then to be linked as sisters and brothers to 
imagination when that's the platform of what we need people. Rather than wearing our tags and our historical stories, but it's our own faith stories. The calling that's on our life. So I can cheer on my Syrian Orthodox friend who shares so openly about the extreme tension the church is under within the near and greater Middle East as they become more and more this minority of them, their strong sense of call that they are to be the martyr church, willing to lay down their lives like two of his fellow friends, two bishops that have totally disappeared off the planet. They say, we are here to lay our lives down so that Jesus' name will be continue to be named in the region we're called. Where do you, you know, where does a Pentecostal guy raising an infant ever expect to be exposed to that kind of Christian story? Well, you gotta show up at the table. You've got to acknowledge the body of Christ is bigger than you see here today. And how do we keep showing up in one another's lives? Centered in Jesus, centered on the truth of the gospel, alive in the spirit, but respecting sisters and brothers in Christ, some that are quite different than us. So, program number five, let me state categorically, I expect the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada, churches, ministries, credential holders, I expect that we will be the absolute best kingdom citizens that we can be to be alongside our brothers and sisters in Christ here in Toronto, across Canada, and we show up at the table, not lording it over anybody. We're your brothers, we're your sisters, and we're passionate for Jesus and I believe God's at work with my other denominational friends and leaders with the exact same posture. Because we're desperate to see Jesus named across Canada by a unified body. Partially represent the gospel. Uh, as you know, partiality there's the body of Christ apart, and it's impossible to have the unity needed to represent Jesus well. Uh, I, I don't just talk in theory, I talk about walking urban uh, churches through being ruled by dominant cultures that excluded others, that would not allow others to have places of prominence, would not treat uh, others in an equal manner, and you are willing to battle that, not with hatred, but with brokenness, with appeal to the scriptures, with changes in policy, so that every call women and men of God can rise up and be all that they are called to be within the context therein. Wherever they're from, male or female, young or old, so they can rise and shine and be the light they're called to be. 
shows up in ministry prioritization. And how it shows up most of all in relationship. Who's in our homes? Who's in our lives? Who do we rise up and speak on behalf of? Who do we prepare platforms for? So, finally we're remembered to people we believe in the transformational work of grace that Jesus brings, right? Amen. So would you stand with me please as we wrap up this session? I trust it's been it's just so important for us to maintain our rootedness in the person of our Lord, in his word, in the values of the king. It's just critical. So you offer yourself to the Lord with an upraised hand and just say, Here I am, Lord. I submit to you, God of righteousness and justice. Thank you that you have made us right with you through the sacrificial life, death, resurrection, ascension, work of Christ, and your powerful spirit at work within us. We're alive in you. We're right with you. Thank you, Lord. May we never lose the wonder of the cross. May we never grow tired of the fact that you are our righteousness. And in that rightness, Lord, help us to live out your love for neighbor. Let us do it impartially with justice. Let us, Lord, have your spirit's strength to do it sacrificially, at times with great humility. Lord, where there is conflict, where there are things that would rip away at that, I pray even today, Lord, in every life and in every situation represented here, you would intervene, you'd be at work, Lord, so that your kingdom values would prevail, so that you, Lord, would be lifted up through the relationships involved, and the church is involved, and the ministries involved. Lord, we pray that we will truly be that right, justice, just people that your light shines upon and through. And Lord, the shalom of God can be experienced in our city because you reign within us. So come, as we stand together in unity, command your blessing, we pray. Let the light shine. Let the shalom of God be known in Scarborough, Greater Toronto, and in our cities across this country. For Jesus' glory, we And that was David Wells. Hey, join us again, will you, uh, as we uh, launch season five on January 1st. Our next guest is Braden Brodeur. Uh, Braden works at the West Edmonton Mall. And uh, if you know anything about the West Edmonton Mall, uh, it is uh, a colossal facility and uh, it has a, its very own chapel. Uh, it has a lot of things, and uh, one of the things that has made it unique for many years is the Marketplace Chapel. 
uh, Braden uh, works in the chapel, and uh, his ministry primarily is to uh, teenagers, uh, a lot of them from uh, Southeast Asia, uh, and uh, they um, he considers them to be somewhat of a parentless generation, either because they are immigrants to Canada and don't have their parents here, or their parents are, are so busy that uh, their, their teens uh, have nothing to do but hang out at the mall. So Braden has uh, made it his uh, mission in life to be at the mall, working out of the Marketplace Chapel and uh, reaching uh, teens at the mall. And uh, he's, uh, he's an exciting guy and uh, looking forward to uh, that interview with him. So join us again on January 1st as we roll out Season 5 of Sidewalk Skyline Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Rogers. As always, thank you for listening.